Hello, friends. Welcome to another episode of Hybrid Unlimited. Today, Marcus and I sit down with Nate Hill and Kevin Oak. Um, I'm sure you guys already know Kevin, but for anyone who doesn't, multiple all-time world record holder in powerlifting across uh, several different weight classes. Uh, we chat about a lot about lifting, life, current events, all that good stuff that, you know, we go down all the rabbit holes that we normally do. Um, as always, make sure you check us out at hybridstrengthcoach.com. Uh, you can try any of our programs for one week free. Just click the seven day free option at checkout. Whether you like Olympic weightlifting, powerlifting, bodybuilding, strongman, any other sort of type of exercise, we got you covered. So check us out and sit back, relax, enjoy another episode of Hybrid Unlimited. Before we get into the episode, just want to give a quick shout out to Whitmer Rejuvenation Clinic. They are a sponsor of ours and we took them on because we talk a lot about testosterone, hormone replacement therapy, PED use, all that stuff. And because of that, you know, while we have opinions on that, we are not professionals in that space. If you have questions about whether you're a good candidate for that or not, these are the people that can help you with that. And Marcus, I know that you have been a customer of theirs for, you know, quite some time. So maybe you can speak to that a little bit. Yeah, I I was going through the same thought process years ago and I had a lot of questions about, you know, the, the state of my blood work, uh, my testosterone levels. And as a performance athlete, it was always a question that I had in the back of my mind. Guys, please don't go to your local gym bro or guy on Instagram to get these questions answered for you. Women Rejuvenation Clinic provides solid medical advice. They read your blood work, they go through the results with you and they give you actionable and realistic steps for dealing with potential medical problems and not bullshit. This is for actual medical advice. So please, you know, if you have questions on this stuff, let them take your blood panels and give them a chance, give them a consult. And I promise you, they'll, they'll treat you right. I know they've done that for me over the years and I can only speak positively about my experience and the type of advice they've given me. Check them out in the show notes. They provide comprehensive assessments over telehealth now onto the show. Oh, um, we've been rolling? Yeah. Oh, shit. I got to hold the mic up. What's up? <laughs> now, you, here, it's like, it's every time you go to a movie theater, it's it's like 30 bucks a ticket, and you got to do the whole, like, recliner thing. Food, drink thing. Yeah. Those are the only ones I like, honestly. So. Yeah, but what's the limit of eating in a movie theater? Like, what food <laughs> item do you draw There's the no line limit, at? Dude. It's more about just having, like, a drink, too. Okay, that seems reasonable. But yeah. would you eat a cheeseburger in a movie theater? Oh, yeah. I've had a, oh, yeah. Yeah, I've done that. Had a steak dinner. <laughs> I think a cheeseburger is okay. Or a pizza. Pizza is nice. Yeah. You don't. Yeah. It, could do a pizza. You could do a whole pizza. I normally go burger, but oh, I could yeah. do a pizza. Yeah. Two hours? I feel like a burger <laughs> yeah, is okay. Just one? Yeah. Dude, like, you yeah, would sit in your stomach the whole time. A whole pizza? Oh, yeah. I, I mean. No, it's probably not going to be a large pie. But in I mean, movie theater, it's gonna be like a personal. Size. The amount of f the the type of food is not. It's more just like I'm gonna start farting <laughs> after. <laughs> depending on the food, if it's a pizza, yeah. it's a lot of cheese, it's a lot of dairy. People are gonna know I had a would, whole pizza. Would you do that if you brought a date to the movie theater? Do you try to like you depends, try to play it off like you're not a nasty person? Depends or? how many people are sitting around us. Like, just are you? Are you single? I'm. You know, <laughs> single, <laughs> single adjacent. I'm single adjacent. Is uh, people still going to the fire? Uh, Is that like, what are people, what's like the single situation these days? Do you like ask a girl out? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, dinner, dinner in a movie is kind of cliche, but you can do dinner in a movie. If there's a good, there's like no good movies out. Everything good days. comes on like Netflix now. 
Yeah. So then you're uh, straight to Netflix and chill. It's a tough. It's a tough. You, okay, so here's the thing: <laughs> the girls from the dating apps that will come straight over for Netflix and chill, they do exist. But I had to stop doing that because by the time they're at your, by the time you're, the cleaning at, bill was out of this world. Well, they're at your front door and they do not look the same. Yeah, that's easy. no out. Yeah. Well, so one time, this is when I was living with the boys. I had a girl come over and we just like, oh, this was not what I had imagined. It was not what her pictures looked like. We sat on my bed and talked for like a little bit. And I was just like, Hey, I like, you're really nice, but I don't, I don't think this is the right way to do things. And so oh, had, suddenly you have morality. <laughs> so, so I had to send her. So I, I stood up and, and sent her home. I was like, I don't know what you like told where you told your mom you were going. Oh but God, oh my God. Her mom. Oh my just get to worse. And, uh, and she was like, it's okay. And she left. And then I just what, like went back into the game room where where the boys were. They What happened? I said, oh, dude, you should have seen her. I She's to, a dog. I had to send her home. <laughs> How uh, far off was she? Like, were her pictures like a 10 and then she was like well, a 3? Like, she, how far was it? Just... 20 pounds more than I Ooh, thought. That's not good. Which that's is like, terrible. you can, you can angle. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin, that's terrible. Kevin's like, I got a tolerance. All right. <laughs> you can, uh, you, can ang- you can angle things a certain way. And I mean, was the 20 pounds all in her stomach? Cause then, yeah. Uh, I don't, it she was had everywhere. 20 pounds more ass and that's pretty awesome. <laughs> <laughs> it was not only in her ass. No. Damn, um, that would probably not be so bad. Sure, you know? sure. I mean, depends what your taste is, which I guess we're we know, pictures we know just Kevin's pictures, now. probably. We just, just I think posed in a certain way. Well, you know, yeah, you can girls pose are pretty... in a certain way. You can suck in. You can po- pooch out. You know, <laughs> and uh, I think they call it the anterior pelvic tilt. But how old are you, Kevin? Thirty-seven. Thirty-seven. Fuck them old. Yeah, I'm thirty-two. <laughs> Thirty-one. Thirty-one. Only thirty-two. Hey, well. Damn, bro. <laughs> well, that's a compliment. I don't know. Whenever people are big, I just assume. Powerlifting put some years on me. Yeah. Yeah, put yeah. some years on me. But the the weird thing is, us three, you're out of the dating world. Right. You got a lady. Wait, how old did you say you were? Sorry. 26. Oh, you're really Is that crazy? Yeah. Damn. Yeah. Yeah. What's 26 He's a like? genetic freak. What's like, what was college like during the like social media age and all that shit? That's right. people like TikToking in class. So I'm I'm I was like right on the tail end of TikTok because I was uh like very very like Instagram thing but but people weren't let's see so this is like 2016 17 and so people weren't quite like everyone wasn't Instagram famous. Everyone wasn't it wasn't TikTok at that famous. point. It's yeah. like it was what's like is that when y'all kind of like started doing hybrid videos? Like 17, um, 16? Yeah, a little before that, 2015, 2016. Oh, okay, yeah. So it was like still a rare thing that like, I feel like now people are like walking around campus like living and doing their thing like <laughs> right. all the time, but it's not, it's not really like... Do you have TikTok? Any of you? No. I have no. it. I haven't posted in months. Do you so. use the app? I would just go and post basically the same thing that no. I would post on Instagram and, you know... See, I feel like we're that generation still that like the primary social media vehicle is Instagram. Instagram yeah. Like other people have just they've zapped their fucking attention spans using TikTok and making TikTok videos and like it's made people wildly successful. But it's crazy that that skipped us and they're consuming like an even shorter form of content. Yeah. 
Dude, we talked about it before, but the types of content that people get sucked into on TikTok are unbelievable. Like, Valentino will go on it sometimes, and I, we were watching a lady play bingo on live. And crushing it. Probably her, crushing Yeah, it. her live stream was just popping off donations, <laughs> like, you know, the chat's going wild. Yeah. It's literally just a lady sitting in a bingo hall. Dude, I've seen and a not tw- winning. an old Twitch guy, <laughs> guy playing, like, Counter-Strike or something, but he's, like, 70, and he's, like, really good. <laughs> it's a battlefield. Okay. <laughs> he's, like, 70, Twitch streaming, like, just headshotting kids and just, like, crushing them, and, like, he's got a huge following because of it. It's really weird. I feel like the weirder stuff that makes its way into Instagram, which is the only thing I ever look at, is, like, these super short-form, clippy, like, super choppy videos and like guys don't put so much effort and thought into this kind of stuff but the girls will do all these like videos of them getting dressed and like all these like little pretty things they eat throughout the day and like they're they're, like five like these five exercises to get a huge caboose my problem (laughs) when I watch videos is I think about that they're setting that all up and I'm like that's fucking stupid have you seen the guy that basically (laughs) got famous for doing that what Drake just did like a a, a knock of this guy. Oh, was that that video? Yeah. I know oh, that, he was like, this is my morning yeah. routine or whatever. Uh, but it's like him the, doing like There's this one guy in his house. He, he, now it's like a whole thing. So he's like leaned into it even more. But <clears throat> it would be like, the first video I saw this guy, he's like, my midnight snack. And it's like him, he's sitting on the couch. So obviously like, he set up he a set tripod. The camera, yeah. Right? And it's him, he like goes showers, puts on his little <laughs> outfit. Goes to his par- the parking garage of his building, so obviously, put the camera and tripod yeah. to get him pulling out. And he goes yeah. back and goes, it and goes, it. goes to a drive-through, has him pulling into the drive-through. So like he <laughs> had to set up the camera for the drive-through, right? Him pulling in, him ordering, him leaving the drive-through. Like at every stage, he had to do this tripod thing. So people were like. You know, went wild with it because it, it's like it's well edited. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Like if you just like weren't paying attention and you weren't like, oh, this guy set it up for everything. You're like, oh, this is kind of like mindless, enjoyable content. Yeah. yeah. And so, I think a lot of people just viewed it as that for a while, and then someone was like, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> so now, you're setting if I this ever, all up in the if I ever post like a powerlifting related thing, which I've kind of stopped, and I want to ask you guys mm. if you feel the same way. I feel like people don't care as much because, like, for me, and I, I don't know if you did so much of, like, the business side when you were posting your lifts back in the day. Like, you were sponsored by stuff and using it to promote stuff. But yeah. now, like, I feel like if you just post a video of yourself doing some impressive thing in the gym, like, people don't really care about that. It doesn't get much traction anymore. Because people, the whole, like... I don't know, the business of videos on Instagram related to powerlifting and strength sports, just they take on this very complicated kind of format now. I don't know, bro. Kevin was high-barring like 800 pounds, <laughs> so... <laughs> I don't know, it's... it's um. I feel like Instagram's gotten the way that YouTube... Like, they all sort of eventually get to this right. very produced level. Like, YouTube yeah. at the beginning yeah. was super raw, you know? Somebody talking in front of a, a camera, and it was really personal, whatever. Now YouTube is like, like I put that on on my TV like it's Netflix, oh, yeah. and I'll mm-hmm. watch like a documentary on YouTube. It's a legit like platform now. Yeah, like and I feel like Instagram is yeah doing their specials just on YouTube. YouTube. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
Because even with, like, I watch a lot of car YouTubers, and car YouTube, like, five years ago was, like, very straightforward. Might be person, might be a person with just one camera doing it themselves. But then it's, like, people, like, kept coming in, producing it more. Now you have guys who have, like, 30 cars, like, a whole team recording them. And for someone to come in that's, like, a little guy and start now, it's probably impossible, I assume. Yeah, because what does Mr. Beast say? He spends, like, a couple million dollars on every video just to produce it. Yeah, was like, it, wait, wasn't there some Mr. Beast outlier. controversy? Oh yeah, but I'm just saying, like in terms that? of production quality, yeah. that's that's crazy. Uh, he was complaining about X's payout for video. <clears> oh, did you guys see that? Because no. the full video made two hundred fifty thousand dollars in the first day off X. Yeah, and it was. But he was saying it might have been like skewed. Yeah. <clears throat> because people, once his video started doing well, advertisers realized, and then were able to spend. I guess add money on it. They monetized it or after something, the fact. Yeah. But I mean, that's pretty nuts. That's like old school YouTube days. Remember, there. I don't know if you guys recall, but there was a time when people were actually getting paid really well on YouTube, like yeah. per view. Right? And then they mm-hmm. changed the. Yeah, yeah I remember the, that. The I remember structure. all the YouTubers like crying on YouTube, like yeah. our money's going down. And it's like you're Guys. still making a hundred thousand dollars a month, so let's relax. A bit. <laughs> but it was like but I remember like that specific yeah. period in time where they were all like making videos about it. Yeah, I think YouTube just didn't anticipate that that payout structure. Yeah, would be not good for them. <laughs> like people got really, really famous, and then a, a bunch of people got really famous, like. Uh, who are, who are some of the the old school ones? Um, Casey Neistat. Yeah, yeah. That's I recognize. I don't awesome. watch a ton of YouTube. Just Ray William Johnson. Do you remember that guy? No, no. Uh, he, I remember he Ray, Williams. <laughs> Ray Williams. <laughs> Ray Williams. Ray Williams. Is he still around? Oh, Is he still lifting? Smosh. Um, that's right. Yeah. Um, but do you all think that the the incline in production, which seemed to happen with YouTube? Then there, it kind of comes full circle where it's like now the most who's the most famous fitness YouTuber is like Sam Sulek now, yeah, and it's just him like going through his day talking to the camera because the authentic authenticity was kind of lost in the production, and now it's back around to just like oh I can relate to this guy he just like goes to college and and obviously super jacked, so that's kind of the catalyst like well not everyone can do it because not everyone is super jacked and we like care what he has to say, Mm -hmm. there's a level of like authenticity that has been lost and is now more valuable yeah it's like the that. youtube version of like the indie film you know yeah. now yeah. there's a there's a hole in the market where people are like miss the old old days of youtube yeah remember like you just go on there and it'd be chris jones dude and his buddy just I remember like chris jones. hell yeah bro <laughs> yeah furious pete is he still yeah back in the day i don't yeah. think so just guys doing I don't know, it's them and their camera. Or even, uh, what was that food one that was super famous? Epic Meal Time? Epic, Epic Meal Time. Oh my god. Dude, you remember that? Yeah, that, that turned Bacon into strips. that. Yeah. That fucking guy, uh, Nico Cado Avocado, whose like, whole goal on YouTube is to like fatten himself up. Yeah. And like he became obese. Like he was like yeah, purposefully yeah. becoming obese. He gave himself like health, like serious health issues. Yeah, he got like sleep apnea. He like does all this stuff with like the CPAP on. Mm-hmm. It's really weird. Yeah, it's disgusting. Like that's that's not like a good example. But it's, <laughs> it's definitely one well, of there, them. And there still are some guys like um, fuck with uh, Moist Critical. You ever watch him? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Charlie uh, Penguin Zero is like his other handle he goes by. But he, it's just literally him 
in like a room of his house and he'll get every video will get like five million plus views oh, nice. and it's just him doing commentary on like other insane people on the internet and like or if he doesn't like somebody if somebody does something or someone rips off their followers or something like that he'll do like a like takedown bits but it's literally just him ranting in a room in a yeah. room I don't spend much time on YouTube. I it's the probably the platform I consume the most. That's my primary yeah, form really? of media. Yeah, yeah. I, I just don't. I don't. I don't know. I don't really watch TV anymore. But Marcus watches don't. like Star Wars. Was watching Rick and Morty <laughs> this morning when I came. What's well, like? Wow, it's always background noise. Like, yeah. I, it's very rare that I like unless. I think I'm watching like a couple TV shows right now. Oh my god! Yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Yeah! Wow! Look hey, at that guy. You brought him up, bro. Man, that is just. <laughs> That guy. This is the first one I'm kissing another guy. <laughs> that guy needs to go to fucking therapy. Look, he, look at he lost a bunch of weight and then gained it all back. So he's got so hungry. He started out as like a like a vegan YouTuber, <laughs> right? And then just like stopped being vegan, got like super fat. Just like mental health issues from start to finish. But he's incentivized to do this. He's doing something so extreme. People are cheering people him on every step of the way. Yeah. He's making a lot of money from it also. Right. Yeah, yeah I mean, you're going to do the thing that is incentivized for you to do. He's clearly incentivized to, to become obese yeah. somehow because that's that content is rewarded. People are consuming it. What, um... You were speaking of vegan. Who was that vegan guy that was nice? Vegan Gains. Vegan. Oh yeah. yeah. I remember I was, that guy. That would come on like like Mike O'Hearn's things and be like, "You claim to be a dog lover, but in this video, you're eating chicken. You clearly are not are not an what? animal lover. You couldn't love your dogs guy. if you really? could kill another animal." Like, yeah. He was yeah. dead serious, but it just seemed like comedy. That's kind yeah. of how his delivery was. Oh, and, and he had a really high... Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. But he was, Dude, he's he was like, trying to chirp right. Michael Hearn. He was, was just, like chirp every, angry, He would be like, Pe guy. people say that soy increases estrogen, and that's not true. And people are like, yeah. you are literally the proof <laughs> of that. Dude, he... Uh, I think he got in some legal trouble. I think he, like, stabbed a kid with a pencil or something. <laughs> at school. Like, it, yeah, it was a whole thing. He had, like... Damn, he looks like a vegan. Look at this guy; he looks emaciated. He was, I mean, I mean, he's in pretty good shape. For, but, oh, he's vegan. still posting. He had a, a recent comeback. Oh, wow. He did an interview oh. with uh, with somebody where he like talked about all this, and he's still just crazy. Exactly, so, yeah, how he was. Here's the thing: I look at a lot of these guys that post these really in depth things on YouTube, and they get into these topics, especially in the fitness world. This is like mm. the one thing I can relate to that are just so out there. In terms of the, like, the topic, how in-depth they're going, and I, I just can't help but thinking, like, this doesn't matter. Nobody needs to know about this. You're just doing this for views. Because it's it's not like the stuff they're posting is going to be the help, the really helpful information. It's like this really no. nerdy... I see all these guys watching, like, Huberman and Peter Atia these days. Great. They're super smart, and there's a lot to learn from them. But when you get so tripped up in these little, like, tiny little nuggets of, like what kind of supplement protocol should I be on for optimizing my, my focus yeah. throughout the day? It's like, well, people like to get caught up. I see people do this all the time. They get caught up in these little like minutia, right? Tiny 1% things. It's like, dude, you had 10 beers last night. Like, <laughs> let's start. That. Like, yeah. for, like this little weird supplement hack that you're trying to do. It's yeah. like, yeah. What do I mean, you that was always there's, there's big in powerlifting too with programming and people oh try to get God. so detailed and it's like, who was your coach when you were competing at your best? I always coach myself. Okay. See, and this is the story. You asked Dan Bell the same thing. 
who coaches him. He's like, just kind of goes off field too. I mean, he trained with the Lily Bridges for a while mm. when he? he first started. But he didn't have a coach. Yeah. Like, when he competed at uh, the U.S. Open when I was with him, he set the all-time world record. Like, he didn't have, like, a specific program. I mean, powerlifting coaching is, especially for a guy like him, is, like, going to be pretty easy. Because he's someone who was increasing strength a lot each year. Like, when you have those kind of genetics, it's not that hard No, to peak. Just go up and down. A bunch. Pretty much. So well, you just kind of set a goal number. You back into it with your, your training. Like Pretty my, much. My programming, when I was at my strongest, was just like, all right, well, you're going to hit this number today. You're going to hit this number in two weeks from that day. Yeah. At competition day, you're going to go for this. Pretty much. We were talking about earlier. Kevin, can you run down your world record squats and totals? And you can add in all the other lifts as well. But me and Marcus were trying to figure out what, what they were. Um... I don't even remember. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I remember you did. You squat. Eight, you squatted eight thirty-two. You want just my maxes? I, the, my, you the, set several all-time world records in your time. Yeah, Can I you mean, give us a rundown. Of so some I of those? started two twenty, right? The two twenty class. So I okay. broke the total with knee wraps record. Then I broke the total without wraps record. Um, so then I moved up to two forty-two. I broke the squat record, like five times or something i broke the total without sleeves once i think that's it it was mainly the squat towards the end who were your main like dan green probably when you started at 220 and then like who were the main guys that you were going back and forth with yeah kind of dan yuri um there's t cummings and larry wheels t cummings yeah t larry was competing heavier than you Larry he, was always was, like a weight class over me, but but yeah. he was two forty. You probably took his two forty two record. I broke his record, yeah. Okay, but he was always because he had moved on. So mm-hmm. he started two forty two, then went two seventy five and three oh eight, I think. Yeah, but we trained together at Mount like Vernon, years. right? Yeah, like Queens and Mount Vernon, but he was always like a weight class above. Mm. What was he like as a training partner? Is he good or? Yeah, I mean, he's, Did like, he absurdly you? strong. So, I mean, that, <laughs> like, that helps. You know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah. there's something mentally about knowing someone stronger than you that, like, pushes you that much harder. Oh, yeah. Like, for some, because one of the things I always noticed is my bench was, like, always strongest when I trained with him because he had such a ridiculous bench. Yeah, so and that stupid. just, I don't know, just makes you, like, yeah, put your best effort out or something. I don't know, but, yeah, it's cool. It's funny to be around guys like like we were saying you think that people are so dialed in to their training and i remember training with you guys at mount vernon and uh we're like uh larry like what are you gonna do today he's like i don't know i'm probably just gonna do some light squat um you know i I don't want to push it too heavy because i just like i was injured a little while ago or like oh cool cool next thing like Everyone's surrounded him screaming, and he's going for a PR. <laughs> I'm like, this was not in the plans. This is like, you guys, <laughs> it's just like whatever you feel like, I guess, all the time. Is that I mean, the way thing that... with powerlifting, I feel like you almost always have to be ready to max out at any given point. Yeah. Not that you want to do it every week, but I feel like a lot of people forget that powerlifting is about, like, what is your one rep max? How you know strong I mean? can you be? Yeah, it's kind of like, like you are, like, trying to get to the platform <laughs> And hit your strong, you know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah. that kind of gets lost with a lot of people where they're trying to, like, 
you know, make sure they're recovered and they're not putting out too much effort and they're going RP8, 9 and all this stuff. It's like a lot of times if people I coach, like I'll throw in like a one rep max out of like, not out of nowhere. Like it won't be like they were doing like 10 rep sets and then I go one rep max, but like it might be where they were hitting like fives and sixes or something. And one week I'm like, this guy just needs to like max. Like you still need to kind of, remember like that's what you're actually trying to do like you're trying to get to your strongest and like actually be able to hit a one rep max you think that's prevalent with like a lot of the younger generation of lifters these days especially with the i would just say like the usapl crowd yeah i mean i haven't watched a lot lately but when i was like a year or two ago like for sure like people were way too they tried to be way too calculated in the sport and it's just like that's not really obviously you want to like have a plan and go about things a certain way and peek into a meet but it gets to a point where it's like you gotta like just be strong like you gotta be able to actually like max out and like be able to actually go all out on an attempt there's something to be said for walking around looking like you're as strong as you are i see a lot of these young kids that'll come in not just here but like deadlift specialists right like (laughs) if i looked at you on the street next to anybody not you guys, you're all freaks. <laughs> but like, if I just looked at you next to anybody I ever like competed with on the platform, I could pick those guys out of a lineup easy. You look at you, I mean, you've still got like 30 inch arms, you know. <laughs> but you look a lot of these young kids. I never and I'm skip like, day. Where's Where's your muscle mass? You yeah. know, if they forget this principle that you have to have a pretty good volume. Because well, they do the other muscle. the other issues that they're all trying to stay in like lighter weight classes, and they're worried about the. What is it? The Wilkes or whatever it's called? Yeah. Oh, what's the new one? Dots. 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 And it's like, I don't know. If I was 170 pounds, I'd be way more worried about just like being like 200 yeah. pounds. Looking like you will. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, than like what my Wilkes was. But. It's like, I didn't, I don't know about you, but I didn't start lifting to like be the a good power lifter or something. I just wanted to get big. And yeah. then eventually realized, oh, wait, I can be really strong too. That's cool. Yeah. But I already looked like I could lift weights. I don't think it's cool to come in and, like, be the deadlift specialist with your 30-point deadlift warm-up routine and SBD day thing that you got to do and have all these little things and wraps and knee things and elbow things. And, like, you don't even look like you lift weights. And nobody, nobody, despite what they may say, everyone wants to – if you're in the gym and you're lifting a lot, you want to look like you're doing that right yeah you know like uh, that was something that when when i was more involved in nutrition coaching everybody's goal they'll tell you a million different things but at the end of the day like the only Get thing ripped, be is jacked. they want to be look ripped good. and jacked right yeah. and it's like if they don't achieve that they're not going to have a good experience with the program so it's like yeah. oh i want to be healthier i want to have a better relationship with food. it's like no you just you just want to be a person <laughs> who looks good with their shirt off and like, how long did a lot of us work out and didn't worry about didn't worry about programming. Didn't worry. It was just like you and your bro were in there, just like doing arms, and then going, "Hey, want to max out on deadlift real quick?" And then just like doing that, you know. Pretty much. We got like really strong doing yeah. that, you know, just like eating a lot, lifting heavy, trying to lift heavier than your body on this, trying to do more reps than your body on this, and then once finally, like for me, it was just like I found out about powerlifting. Then kind of go, oh, okay, so like can't always use straps on deadlift okay now i have to figure this out and just stuff like that yeah. and then kind of the foundation was already set where these kids are coming into the gym at like 16 pulling sumo and like 
doing RPE, whatever. It's just shit on sale for like 10 minutes. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh... Listen, you, you, first of all, you took powerlifting. You said, like, what's the hardest way I could do this? What's the hardest way I could back squat? (laughs) This guy set, you set how many squat records? Squatting high bar in sleeves. Okay. Which well, I used nobody to squat did. high bar, but I would get the bar kind of low. It was like a mid. Dude, it was, it was on these. This buses, is dude. this is a. Compliment. I would get like really low this on is my a traps, but the other thing is I have long legs and a short torso, so it was kind of low bar but on you, my you body. You buried every single squat that you ever set the world record on. You grind you, your squat videos from back in the day were like squatting on RPE ten mode every time. <laughs> Dunking that shit to the basement. Push forward with your quads. Right. Nobody else is doing that. Like, maybe half would be the closest. Yeah, yeah. Knees push forward with his. Yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) Back squat is not shitting on him. He 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 looks like he's squatting on hard mode every time. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, and he's he's had some injuries, right? Like uh, quad or something. Well, I remember. So we were at Boss of Bosses. I forget which one. Probably five? the last one I went to. So no, probably. Didn't you do three five? or four? No, I think I did. I did four. I think and I did five. like two, three, and four maybe. Okay. I think I did like three times. Did you? Were you at the one where Yuri and Kirill were there? No. That I was there when Yuri was there. The first Kirill time. was there yeah, with yeah, him. The first time where Yuri was there. Yeah. And yeah. I have the, the most distinct memory of just seeing him. Like Yuri walking around in the back room, like so confident, and I was like, "Who's this dork?" <laughs> yeah, you know, like it's walking around all like I don't know. He just like he had this air about him where like, you know, he, he was great, but we didn't know him yet. This was his first competition in America. Wow. See, the funny like, thing about that was I was the one who because <laughs> I used everyone. to help Dan like kind of figure out like who to invite and shit. And back then, each year, he'd want to bring, like, a different international lifter. So the year before, it was Milanchev. So in that year, he was trying to figure out who. And I was always watching, like, Russian. They would, like, post the Russian meets that they were doing on YouTube and shit. And I'd watch them. And I'm like, this guy, Yuri's like, pulling very heavy deadlifts. And, like, each meet, it's, like, increasing, right? So I was, like, researching him. And I was looking. Because all of his meets before that were, like, IPF single ply. And I'm trying to think, like, all right, if he squats about this much single ply, like, what does he maybe squat? Because then he was only doing deadlift only after that, once he was, like, on the other side, like, untested. And I was like, this dude's going to have, like, a pretty big total, like, yeah. looking at everything. So, so you I was like, bring Yuri here. Yeah, oh. I was like, we should bring Yuri over. And then I was like, fuck, I got to go against him. And it was like, oh, I shit. didn't know. <laughs> I knew he'd beat me on deadlift, but I had no clue what his squat bench would be. Shit. So I was like, I gotta just like, squat? try to squat get like I think he did nine, 804 right? in sleep. He didn't squat much point. then. He squatted His first meet here, he didn't, he squat like in the, like high sevens and rounds. Right, but probably. I remember one of the last, I think it must have been four or five, because I know I competed with him at four and five. Five was in like 2019, right? That was the last time we were all out there together. When we sent well, a team, yeah. Yeah, was, I think it was at Boss of Boss's Five. He showed up there with Kirill. That was the first time I ever saw Kirill in person. Maybe the only time I ever saw Kirill in person. Can you Google Yuri Belkin open powerlifting? Yeah, let's like, this. That, when I saw Kirill for the first time in person was like the first moment that I ever had. I'm like, wow, I'm small. This guy is, this is the biggest human <laughs> I being. I have seen him, but he's like huge, yeah, like right? You're the, you're a but he's Thor size. You know? Him and Half Thor came from the same yeah. whatever. I'm training with Thor and it's like, what? What is that? No, it's, <laughs> like, he's too big. You like that deadlift's eleven hundred pounds? Makes sense. And I love that he's just casually coming back, and he's already got a thousand pound deadlift. 
Did he pull he, a thousand? Yeah, he just pulled. He was it was like four forty or something in training. I think it was four forty or a thousand in training the other day. He's like the nicest guy. Uh, uh, this research. After? Oh, yeah. He came to Mount Vernon. Oh, no. Oh, this is just you. This is Yuri. Yeah. And literally, so like, got... so many people were asking I mean, for, like, pictures and shit. And I was and like... just said yes to everybody. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Which anyone's going to say yes. Least but, like, a normal person you know at some point would kind of, like, get tired. And he was just, like, super nice. Just, oh, everyone's asking pictures. He's just doing them. Like, he's from a place He's taking pictures with, like, puppies Correct. and shit. Isn't he like Thor. Thor. Oh, Thor. No, yeah. he's, but I mean, imagine in Iceland. Like, people know him there, but they're polite. Like, and that whole country is like salt of yeah. people. Yuri Belkin squatted 925 in wraps. Which meet was that? Oh, yeah, I remember that. Uh huh. That, that was probably U.S. Open. I remember at one point. Look, they... at, look at his meet in 2021. He did the Siberian Power Show. <laughs> is that the one where they had, like, Fuck. Ramstein on the, on the platform? <laughs> I don't know. This they guy's had, just they been had one in WRPF Russia. in Russia where no, he squatted nine twenty five at the European Cup in October in in the middle of COVID. Dude, he, he did big dogs too. Yeah. Like oh yeah, I remember, I remember that. I remember That's that. when he squatted nine twenty five. Oh my god! 50, wait, wait, wait! Look, he deadlifted nine fifty nine. Because people said Fuck people were off. saying Yuri Belkin is the closest thing to a modern day Ed Cone. Because for a, for a bit there, yeah. he was like. Yeah. Far ahead of of everyone, especially in the two twenties. Wait a second, like, what? Oh, he did he try to? Oh, he's tried he to tried squat a thousand three. Wow. Yeah, I remember that. He oh got. I mean, he got buried. It wasn't. Close. <laughs> but still, I get why he, he was trying. Twenty nine. Yeah, it's pretty absurd. He was I mean, that's like, like, trying to win big dogs, I guess, right? Yeah. But he still yeah. deadlifted pretty good. I mean, then he benched five thirty as a two twenty nine. Yeah. Did he bench five thirty? Yeah, he's yeah, I mean, look. he's fucking strong. Oh no, he missed it. He, missed, he like he looked at, like if you saw him, you'd be like, that looks like an athletic guy, yeah. but not. Because he was like all quads back then. But seeing him <laughs> on the pl- on the podium with you and Dan, <laughs> you guys <laughs> are just looking like bushels of grapes, and then Yuri's just looking like a regular ass dude, and he's just the strongest guy on the planet. <laughs> you know, I still can't believe every time I see Dan Green post a video that's like, oh, I did a set of deadlifts. 340 kilos for a set of whatever I'm like and grinding so hard are you not dead at this point how are you still this strong like he is the one of the absolute freaks of he's gotta be older than you right yeah I think he's at least four or five years older than me but he didn't start powerlifting until like a bit later huh no Dan Green oh Green sorry I thought we were talking about Dan Bell god God bless Dan Bell Dan Bell is like the Sean Strickland Dan of Bell's American powerlifting. Oh, why do you say that? He's just, uh, he's all-American, dude. Dan Bell is the all-American powerlifter. like 20 beers in a meet. If you're going to open powerlifting, <laughs> yeah. I think you should tell us your age. I mean, it's it's unbelievable how much Dan, Dan Green, or Dan Bell can drink while still performing. Like, I remember, he was like... <laughs> yeah, he drinks in the back at he the He was meets. crushing yeah. beers like, at the U.S Open. Uh, like just, yeah, that yeah. was like the last time I saw him. Compete. I don't know how. Just crushing him. There's a few guys like that. Um, Tom Callis, also. Oh, yeah. That guy, we were... Uh, they used to train together, I'm pretty sure. Did they? Tom, oh, yeah. Tom and Dan well, trained together, right? Maybe the technique. Yeah. <laughs> but I remember <laughs> she, he started doing nutrition coaching with us, uh, like, as a client. And Did you do one of those, like, write everything down, you eat? Yeah. And it's just, like, <laughs> like <laughs> mozzarella <Well>, sticks. <laughs> he was working with... Uh, I think he was working with Simon. And they were like, you know, he was trying to get down to a lighter weight class uh, at the time. 
And so they're like, all right, like, tell me everything you eat and drink, basically. And we'll f- see where we can, you know, get some of those calories. We'll see if there's out. any room for and improvement. And was like, how many, how many, like, beers do you have a day? He's like, or have a, a week. And it was, like, in the hundreds. <laughs> yeah, it was like, he was having, like, triple-digit Because he was big drinks. hanging out with Puck Finn, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh. Yeah, they're tight. Yeah. Um, Probably not good for low alcohol consumption. Yeah, so, like, at the, at the Arnold... This would have been last year. They were all drink. Huck Finn, Shane Hunt, Dan Bell were all drinking, and then did like a deadlift expo, and uh, and they all killed it. I'm and sure. so then at nothing to do with the beer though. At the pioneer, well, okay, right. At the pioneer battle on the the bay, my last meet, then Dan is drinking, and Shane is just like. Dude, I, I deadlifted so much at the Arnold, and I was drinking beer. I'm going to do that all day. And by, <laughs> by the end of the day, and he did not have, like, a, uh, he did fine, obviously, but he did not have his best meet. And I, I remember him just, like, look, they're doing awards, <laughs> and they go, Shane Hunt, and he just starts clapping. And then people are like, that's you, dude. Oh, Shane, dude, what's up? And he comes up and gets his thing. Oh, Jesus, man. Bro, like, strongest people in the world at the absolute peak of their sport. Uh-huh. Just right. competing wasted. All right. <laughs> Hear me insane. out. We're talking about all these young kids worried about their fucking, you know, hip-opening techniques and all this shit. And it's like, I hate to break it to you guys. Young kids, but maybe it's unnecessary. Maybe you know, let's have some fun. Yeah, that's my only. <laughs> yeah. That's my only takeaway. Have some fun with the whole thing. Just if you're not out there. You don't have to fun, drink on meats, but you don't have to drink on meats. Like, have fun. well, if you're Dan Bell, you probably do. Sure. <laughs> it's like there's no reason for him to stop. I think he'll get weaker, it's or like, might just die altogether. It's like he's yeah. free and intro workout. Like, that's I think unbelievable. I think he he like he knows like. At this attempt, I yeah. need to have this amount of beers. Yeah. Science a- should study him. Yeah, <laughs> like, he like wasn't drinking water. You know, like he was just beer. Was his only. I I remember at the U.S. Open. So the guy that used to train at his gym, the Canadian guy, um, Seth Albertsworth. You remember him? Yeah. Fucking freak! Another freak of nature. Basically, just raised on a bison farm to become the one of the strongest human beings of all time. <laughs> He looks like, like an Icelandic dude, right? Oh my god! Just he's a, also just a round bushel of grapes. Who is just <laughs> a freak, freak power lifter. And he was rapping. He he was like Dan's knee rapper at the time. Mm-hmm. And he also rapped my knees for that meet. And I'm like that's also when I squatted eight eighty one competition. Like it was a fucking experience. Like, the only guy that ever rapped my knees like that was Andre Milanichev, and almost killed Andre oh, to do it. Like he was <laughs> he was out of breath. It was what, what was yeah, the technique? Just. Awesome. <laughs> but again, like got I, like twenty wraps out of uh, it. Dude, he took those. You know, you ever you ever use the phantoms, the pioneer yeah. phantom wraps? They're great. I mean, like they'll save your knees. The whole sport of powerlifting, they're unbelievable. But they are stiff, and these oh, guys yeah. just cranked it. Like it was like a full workout for Seth every time he had to wrap his <laughs> knees. It was pretty funny. Do you remember the the strangulators? Oh uh, yeah, I never what, used them. Those the Titan ones. Those were. Um, or... I think they were their own brand, and then I think Pioneer like bought it. They're like, we need this. What and color were they? They were gray and black. Oh, yeah. well, they probably turned those into Phantoms then. Well, um, Pioneer. So he, the company that made those, what it was was Pioneer was the one who made it for those company for that company. Oh, so they oh. just like absorbed it. Basically, after. I think so. 
Yeah, those, the, the Phantom Rattle. Oh, yeah, those are the, the gray ones over there. I remember Bass always used the Lily Bridge ones, and those were like a little stretchier, so they're like a little bit less. Yeah, painful. I just had to go a little stretchier. Because I used this Pioneer ones, but the black and white ones. I used the um, the Slingshot ones for a while. Those were good. I used those. The yeah, I like those. Who's that guy that had all of the, like, uh, like the choker things? And Frank, the, Frank, Frank, Frank Daddy. Uh, Frank Daddy. Oh, Frank Who? Daddy. I forgot about him. Frank Daddy was like a power... <laughs> you know, Frank Daddy? Um, it was like a power lifter. He had, like, real nice hair. Um, he was, you, you, Did he? You know Did he? Yeah. Like, just flowing like in the wind. Daddy, like, gelled up uh, I don't Frank know. Daddy powerlifting. Sounds like a guy that would run a strip club. Daddy, some images. But he who made those? There was like Pioneer made them. Oh yeah, oh, dude. I remember this see guy. what I'm talking about? Dude. Yeah, it's good hair. <laughs> how do you get his own? Especially, rash? especially in the sport. Oh, the chokers, right? The that chokers. Was thing. Yeah, it was just choking a peach. So, like has something to do with somebody's Wait, ass. Click, click they that, were all click that deer. You know, I want to see click the, deer. the deer. Yeah, I want to see the deer. <laughs> how many points is that? Oh shit! Are you getting into hunting? I in my head I hunt, but I never actually. <laughs> <laughs> I went out once with this dude for two hours, and the only time we saw a deer was when we were when we were walking back. It was like running the opposite way. Something's like, happening. Oh, but yeah, all how this... men that vape have sex, <laughs> Caesar? You see that? Wait, is he just getting a blowjob? <laughs> that looks like Jeez. that's sick. pretty relaxing. Wait a that's awesome. <laughs> Honestly, he has a pool. He's getting a blowjob. <laughs> that looks like a good time. All right, carry on, Caesar. <laughs> But, no uh, judgment rendered but, today. Yeah, all of his gear was, you know, <laughs> yeah. like, I'll take it. lightly uh, BDSM themed or like choking or like, <laughs> you know, this type of thing. Uh, Frank Daddy, dude. Yeah. yeah I, I don't think wrapped powerlifting is not such a big thing anymore. It was the biggest thing. Well, the only yeah, when I started, it was all wrapped. It was like mm -hmm. all the best guys competed yeah. raw classic. Dude, it's so much more painful to compete without them. It's so much more painful hate, to train. I hate competing in wraps. It's such. Well, a... nobody likes it. I hate it too. But well, my knees also feel sucks. fine now. So I have yeah. no knee yeah. issues. My my take is like if there was a, I guess some some federations do it. But if there was a legit class that was nothing, like naked, a singlet or naked, I would do it. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, could you imagine? And you know like world record back squat naked. Because <laughs> to me that's just like that's more relatable to everyone else. I have to bring less shit to the gym. I don't have to prepare for anything. I would go no belt, no sleeves. Like if that was a reputable I've thing. squatted eight hundred belt so. lists and I still feel it sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so like to not. this day I'm like, oh <laughs> but, <laughs> but um but I, I think that that's more relatable to other people because they go Oh, do you squat in wraps? And I go, no, I squat in sleeves. And they go, oh, well, what's that like? Like, what are those, you know, people that actually, like, don't lift? You have to be like, well, it adds maybe, like, 20, 30 pounds along with some comfort or, like, whatever. And, uh, yeah. But it's, it's, I feel like it's so hard when you're in a sport where the entire point of the sport is increasing that number. Oh, it's yeah. like, as soon as you know, oh, there's a deadlift bar, yeah. and that makes you do more numbers yeah <laughs> yeah i'll use that right? yeah and same with the like, rap oh, there's, so that's exactly there's what rap. i thought there's like, a rap category i'm right. i'm in here trying to lift the most possible it's like anything yeah okay to me it's like all right that. i can do that i'll be in less pain i mean i still feel some of the squats because like i'll still feel like my back like, oh god i know what that's from 
But you could, if you could squat in wraps, the whole time you're really like pushing. It's like every time I would get above 700, I'd be in wraps. Fine. I feel great now. My knees, I didn't have as much knee tendonitis, uh, patella tendonitis. Like, I didn't tear anything, but I knew that every time I stepped out on the platform, like, my chances of getting some kind of catastrophic injury just as a result of wearing those wraps decreased because I, I put myself less risk of injury every time. Yeah. And imagine you do that over 10 training blocks. It, like, it was worth it for me just to not have the everyday patellar tendonitis. Like, that yeah. was, like, the biggest thing that affected my quality of life in oh, yeah. Olympic weightlifting Quantum and powerlifting sucks. was just not being able to sit with my knees bent yeah. for more than, yeah. like, five minutes before it just starts burning. And then I started competing in wraps, and I was like... Oh, like that's a, that pain is optional. The power thing is not <laughs> worth it to wreck your body because no. there's from ninety nine point nine percent of people that don't monetize it like you have or something. What's the upside? You just get to say, "Well, I did a bigger number than that guy," and it's like a caveman. You beat it's like you beat a Neanderthal. Mm. <laughs> well, I mean, <laughs> that applies to. I mean, people do it though. Like I know they do. People take steroids just to be like the biggest like accountant. Yeah, you used to work I mean? at AT and T. Yeah, oh, yeah. what's you that? Know? What was that Ben Affleck movie? The Accountant. The Accountant. That's one of my that's favorite movies. That's a great movie. Is that he's, the one where he's he got the, be blasted. Blasted. the storage yeah. unit? Yeah, yeah. living in it. Yeah, if yeah. I was him, I'd be fucking blasting my face. Are you <laughs> me? Like your whole job is to just murder people. Like you're probably a much more effective murderer on trend. <laughs> Feel less empathy. Just saying. Short trigger. Well, the autism already covered the feeling. Oh, yeah. Everything. He was super. He was like actual autist. In that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Wait, what actual is this movie? The Accountant, the Accountant with, with Ben, ben Affleck. Affleck. It's like I one of his best roles. Oh, yeah. yeah. He was just. It's, it's, it's a great movie. Like an autistic When did it come out? Assassin. Uh, like recently or? 2014 or yeah, something. Yeah, that yeah it's been a super recent. I see this. It's, a, it's, a, it's a well worth ago. it to watch. You know what memes I love? Yeah, it's not. Is it even a meme? You know, one where Ben Affleck's like slamming the door in J Lo. Oh yeah, (laughs) he just looks smoking a cigarette. That that one's relatable. Yo, but that's him all the time. Like he just never looks like he's having a good time. Yeah. Yeah. Could you imagine being a celebrity of that status? Could you imagine your life day to day, like everywhere you go? No matter what you do, no matter where you go on this planet. Dude, he's with J-Lo. Are you really trying to make us feel bad? No, 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 not him. No, not him. So, I love the memes are pretty good. That cigarette smoking meme where he's just sitting there like... I love that one. Marcus sees that But like, if you're a celebrity, just like a normal celebrity, and like, hey, I just want to go walk and get a coffee. It's like, no, Can't. you're not doing that. Like, well, dude, imagine being like Rogan. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Shane Gillis said that so he was annoying. like, the first time I went to Austin, we like went out to a bar like to get a drink and he said after i mean 45 minutes we had to leave because just word gets out that he's there and people oh, start man. just like flocking i just don't know how much people think about that when they're like people idolize celebrities think that their lives are great because they have money and it's like that but they they're basically prisoners they can't do anything they can't go anywhere it's like if you're going somewhere you're going private you yeah. have security you got a car that takes you from the airport so like you miss out on all the little things in life there, there are some guys though that somehow like escape that like Keanu Reeves yeah right yeah. Like, so he like, takes the subway like, just sit on the subway by himself just chilling you're people like, also oh, don't hike bother Keanu him like Reeves. that it seems like what's that it, it doesn't seem like he gets the same level of and he's probably one of the most famous actors the last 20 years I fucking hate Keanu Reeves Really? Oh, wow. You're the only, per- you're the only person on what? earth. I think he. I think he I, is so bad. You don't like John Wick? 
No. Oh. You know what I do like? The TV show that came out? What was it called? The Continental? Yeah. Oh, Every single actor it. and actress on that show was better than him. Which streaming service is it? Do you like Do you like The Equalizer? I haven't seen it. Oh, okay. I haven't seen it. Right. Keanu Reeves is so bad. Like, I don't believe people it. when they... Like, you guys think he's a good actor? Or do you think he has good roles? I think he's a good actor. Like, you think he acts well? I, I think he's... <laughs> no, he's got his own style. Like, he doesn't well, act the same of, way like Daniel Day-Lewis acts. Right. Like, that's right. No, no. It's that's different. what I'm saying. Like, no, no. people act like he's, like, an actual good actor. I think... And he's not. His he has really good suit, roles, though. His personality fits very well into the roles he's cast He has, like, stoic, no like, facial straight. expression. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what's yeah. his personality? The Family Guy uh, little skit, where it's, like, they're make, basically making fun of that, how he doesn't react to anything. Yeah. He's just, he's just deadpan like, all the time. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, like, a woodpecker flies in, lands on his head, starts pecking his head. <laughs> they're like, uh, Keanu, there's a, there, there's a woodpecker on your huh? head. He goes, uh, oh. it comes and goes. <laughs> <laughs> Let's take a quick break to talk about one of our sponsors, Whitmer Rejuvenation Clinic. We talk a lot on this podcast about TRT, all of the things involving exogenous hormones. And because of that, we get a lot of questions about it. And we are not experts in this sense if you want to speak to real experts because we don't feel comfortable giving any sort of opinion on this speak to whitmer rejuvenation clinic these guys are the best the legitimate doctors they're not going to push any bs on you they're going to do a legitimate consult and tell you if you're a good candidate or not all of the links to this are in the show notes as well as their instagram handle check them out and i promise you're going to have the best service possible in this space no, I don't. He's not like a. You, I wouldn't expect to put him at the same level as like, let's say, Daniel Day Lewis or uh, like Jake Gyllenhaal, guys mm. that really like get into their roles. You think Jake Gyllenhaal is like really good? He's I think good. he's really dedicated to his roles. Okay. I think yeah. he's really like dedicated. Like a nightcrawler. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's a good that was one. creepy. Great example. Like. Yeah. And I think he is too, but it's like he's being cast in a way that he can act well. What about Maggie Gyllenhaal? Uh, she, I mean, the only thing I ever really saw her in was the Batman movie. Who? Uh, she Dark had a Knight. TV. Maggie, his sister, Jake's sister. She was the no, she was her. the original girl that played. Um, uh, or, yeah, she was in the, no, she was in the Dark Knight. <clears throat> she was in the first of that Batman series, whatever but, it's called. But they oh, had Dark Knight. Yeah, the first two, like Batman Begins. Batman Begins. Yeah. Oh no! Sorry, she no. She, she replaced wasn't... Katie Holmes. Katie right. Holmes was in Katie the first Holmes one, oh, the first okay. and she, she replaced the her in the next two or right. three too. No, it's Katie Holmes. Oh damn! Cillian Murphy, talk about a guy who finally—he's <laughs> really good, <laughs> dude. Talk about a guy who finally got a break. Peaky to, Blinders. To, but he's been a low-key like, great actor for the last twenty years. He was in Batman too. Scare, yeah, Scarecrow. Yeah, oh, Scarecrow. that's Scarecrow. shit. He's, that's right. He's a favorite of Christopher Nolan, man. He was good in uh, Oppenheimer, also. Yeah. Unbelievable, dude. That that I movie didn't end was up great. seeing that. I gotta see that. You haven't seen? I that? just saw no. it recently. It, it it's worth the watch. Yeah. Christopher it, Nolan is this way of taking three, like three four hours. Yeah. <laughs> a, like a, a simple day. story like that, making it kind of exhilarating. <laughs> like he turned that movie into like kind of like. You're on your edge of your seat the whole time, right? Yeah. And then at the end, when the bomb goes off, you go, "Yes, yeah, <laughs> yeah." <laughs> yeah. Yo, I thought that the when it goes back to the actual conversation he had with Einstein, yeah, that was like deep. That yeah. was like great writing. But um, basically, he was like, like at the end of your career, like you know, they're gonna abuse you, talk shit, like basically ruin you, and then at the end, they're gonna they're gonna 
give you an award and everybody's going to come and basically you're going to have to like forgive everybody. It's like, that isn't for you. That's all for them. Mm. And then it shows him to do like going through it. It's like Damn. his, that whole story was really interesting because I actually agree with, agreed with his point of view. I don't know if you guys t- take much time and like look at the history of like post-World War Two and Russia and America politics there's a great series by Oliver Stone called The Untold History of the United States. I don't think you guys have ever seen it, but like he was basically trying to stop the Cold War in a sense, right. like stop this arms race that really just was a complete fucking waste of time and resources. Now we have massive nuclear weapons and no real enemy anywhere on Earth that we could use them on. And like he was tarred and feathered for basically saying like this doesn't make sense to to kind of go down this road. There's a couple cool TV series that have explored this idea that, like, if we didn't go spend all of our money on nuclear weapons development and missile development and and making our army this, like, trillion-dollar-a-year industry in the United States, like, what we could have done without that, like, space race and all sorts of interesting stuff. I think this is the most overrated actress there is now. What is she in? Yeah, no opinion on her. Uh, She's I've only seen her. I don't know who she is. I saw her in Don't Worry Darling and Oppenheimer. Like I didn't care for her role. Oh, she was a sister in Black Widow. I saw Mm. that. Right? She was like the kid sister in Black Widow. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that what's Midsummer? That's a great movie. It's a horror movie. It's eight twenty-four. Don't Worry Darling was pretty interesting. I like that one. Who's the actress that like got reverse woke canceled? For being what? Snow White, like uh, uh, reverse. Yeah. She like went on the press yeah. tour for Snow White and was like, <laughs> "Yeah, honestly, like... the whole story is bullshit." I don't need a. She just Wait. went on like Men Suck and right, like right. this whole thing, and then people were like, "Wait, what, right, that's was there much. a Snow White that was made recently?" Yeah, yeah, they shelved it though because it got so much bad press. What was different about it? Uh, they made all of the dwarves not dwarves like special friends they, they were just a diverse group of men <laughs> like, like what I think one like, of them was even a woman there's, there's like there's like a, there's a trans one there's like I think one is a dwarf there's like all different races all different like bro what the fuck happened to Disney in the last dude, years dude I not be a kid yeah, they, I mean, they've been <laughs> getting their ass they've cards. turned every movie into some like weird woke Story, some Did weird. Did you see uh, South Park's? Uh, oh yeah, we just need episode. to make them trans, make them lame, and make gay. them gay, make it lame. <laughs> Put someone ethnically diverse. But like they should just start making new movies. Like they they just redid uh, the Little Mermaid, right? Yeah. It's like, why did we need a Little Mermaid remake? They made the Little Mermaid. It was great. But they're spending tons of money to like redo. That's my it. thing. It's like if you don't like. I don't know. If you want more diversity, just make something new. Like, why does it have to be like, oh, we're right. like making Superman like a gay like Spanish dude or like whatever? <laughs> the fuck, you know what I mean? Like, why is it always like? Why can't they just make something new? Well, like, all right, I'll ask you this: as a black man, Marcus, we're not supposed to. No, no, but like you said, <laughs> you said we weren't going to talk. About... It sounded like you were saying you're a black man. No, no, you're I... like as a black man. No. <laughs> as like man, like, I feel you're watching. You're watching The Little Mermaid, right? And I like, didn't see it. Okay, but you like you know the idea. Yeah. They turn Little Mermaid into a black woman. Yeah, I don't think anybody has a problem with her being a black woman. I think the weird thing that keeps coming up is like they're turning movie, like turning stories. Why do the dwarves have to be a diverse? Yeah, like, that's a big yeah. But like, I feel like 
every community, whether you're uh-huh. gay or black or trans or whatever, whatever your thing is, like, just make a new movie that's really good. You don't have to turn some other character into. Well, it's just I think they're just else. being lazy. They're like, oh, we can just right. do this and boom, like that's how we'll make money instead of like taking the effort to like. Make I don't think that promotes new, new any story. particular yeah. agenda. I think it just changes a movie and then people get upset about that because well, and I, I, correct me if bizarre. i'm wrong but I, I feel like probably the black community isn't like oh fuck yeah we got little mermaid like like it's kind of weird it's you know what does but it's, it's isn't it just white people doing it for themselves because isn't that what it is something yeah. it's like hollywood being like Tell us we're really like we're yeah so we're inclusive pat- we're so good because it's like we, this we doesn't absolve the Harvey now. Weinstein shit. Just <laughs> FYI, Caesar is just over there thinking of black characters. <laughs> 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 to me, like the Little Mermaid being black isn't that big a deal. But yeah. when they do things like oh we're gonna make James Bond like a woman now, it's like just like make a woman spy movie. Then. Right, like, <laughs> right. Like James Bond is a book, and it is a misogynistic, murderous <laughs> white so, man who has a drinking problem. <laughs> Like, I wouldn't right, care right. if you turn him into Idris Elba, because I don't care what skin color he is, but, like, don't make him a woman. They tried to play with that a little bit in the last Bond movie, where they gave it yeah. they gave it to the black woman who was then replacing him, but, like, that it kind of made sense, because she was just there to fuck with him, they, and he was the Because they guy. at least made it, like, a different number, or they sure. gave her the 007. Like, if they're like, oh, it's a different agent number, cool. But if they're trying to be like, oh, James Bond's, All of a sudden, like, it's a, black a woman now, it's woman. like, just make a new movie. Like, you're being lazy. You know who's done a really good job? And I think, to your point earlier, like, make a new movie. Jordan Peele. All the stuff he's done. Yeah. Get Out. Nope. That movie, Nope. Like, I had no idea what to expect. Get out. Was that the one with, like, the shit in the sky? The aliens. Yeah, I watched they, that. That was interesting. But it was like, he created an interesting movie. You yeah. sat, I sat there the whole time, like, scratching my head. And it was like, oh, well, this guy's just a good filmmaker. And he made a good movie. Mm-hmm. And all the roles were diverse. Like, all sorts of different people were in it, but at least he gave a shit enough to write something new. Yeah, it's like, put the effort in, do, like, make something. Don't just be like, oh, we don't know what to do, uh, $100 million, make this dude gay, cool. <laughs> it's like, you know what I mean? Like, it's just lazy. It is lazy, yeah. Well, it, well, yeah, at the expense of, like you said, writing a new movie, a good storyline, a thing, it's like, well, we're going to make this movie. Okay, what's going to make people see it? The characters are diverse. So, okay, but what if it was a good, what if you made a good movie (laughs) and then cast the best person for that movie? Irrespective of (laughs) whatever, like, something new. Yeah. We need, we need new, because now every time you go to the movie theater, it's like, all right. Same concept. This is Marvel movie number 406. Right. remake of some other movie. And they're going to make that a little spicy with the characters and the casting, and it's like, you're not actually doing anything new. Right. Like, in some films, they can. Like, Star Wars, they can kind of throw whatever they want in there. So, like, mm. I guess there's something to be said for that. Like, that doesn't have to just be a bunch of old white dudes acting. Right. But at least if you can sit. Like, and there's a lot of talented filmmakers out there that could do this. Like, just write a good story. People will not care. Yeah. Sexuality, color, background, what country they're from. What's this? Is this good? Is this this a, is a great movie. Oh, I heard this was really good. Uh, if you want a man cry, 
<laughs> oh, is this the one? Like Not particularly. <laughs> is this the one where they juiced up Zac Efron? Yeah, dude. That's Zac Efron? Yeah. yeah. He's fucking jacked. Oh, uh, dude, so he actually, like, had a jaw surgery, huh? Like, he, like, what? broke his jaw or something and had to have a surgery, and it now it, like, looks like he had a lot of work done, I but feel, he actually... I feel like that's a cover. You think so? Yeah. I, you, like, come on. <laughs> oh, I, I, I had I broke my jaw and then I came out like Heard looking that one like in the Miami before. Yeah. Give, me, give me the, the bag over there. Very, I, I got prepared for the, very the political common. commentary we were going to go through today. So you, you guys talk for a second. I got to read something. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> it's about to serious. Something no, from my memoirs. That was like, um, who's that comedian that's really popular right now? Um, Matt Rife. Yeah, like that guy. Right. He's also, like, I just hit puberty. And he was like, I still want to see his stand up. I gotta see it. But I know everyone was like super outraged by it. It was like, I never, I watched it. I didn't have a single time where like I laughed out loud. Like there was a couple like, huh. All right. That's kind of funny. So what was the thing that he was like pretty good crowd for again? It was some type of joke. Um, So, I mean, the controversy was like his whole thing is he got popular on TikTok and he's a good looking dude. So, like just his audience was entirely women and he has this like need i guess to be accepted as like a real comedian yeah it, it, whatever he considers like a real comedian Dude, so he's like us, he's like just riled up over here <laughs> he's like i don't want um <laughs> i don't want uh you know my he basically didn't want his audience to be just all chicks who yeah. were there because they thought he was good looking and my thought with that was like Dude, you're making millions of dollars because this particular audience has an interest in you. Just cater to that Lean audience, into that. right? Yeah. Like, just keep doing what you're doing, and it's like, it, and it's not even like you're having to do something that's unauthentic. Like, this is what you do. Yeah. It's what you've always done. It's what made you popular. Yeah. Like, keep servicing that market. But he was like, no, no, I'm gonna piss them all off basically he wants like the Shane Gillis audience the dogs yeah <laughs> so he his the, the first joke in his special is uh, like a domestic violence joke he's like I went to Baltimore and uh, we went to a restaurant and the you know he, he's basically he's poking fun at Baltimore just like saying it's a rough place right it's like the hostess we went to a restaurant and the hostess had a black eye and, and they're like <laughs> damn like why you know this is the like the face of your business like couldn't you put her in like some other role maybe have her working in the kitchen or whatever <laughs> and then he's like so I, I said to my friend well I feel like if she could cook she probably wouldn't have that black eye <laughs> <Ew. laughs> it's like what? it's not it's not a good joke it's not like I like, particularly a, good, I like a good boomer joke but, sometimes. <laughs> so, so it's but kind it's of... like yeah. then obviously his intention was for people to get upset and they they did yeah right it's just then, dumb when like your whole audience is like women right also kind of hacky because the real joke is like the waitress has a black eye and if she could listen she wouldn't have a black eye <laughs> <laughs> not saying that's true but, <laughs> yeah, i'm like was there a real scenario <laughs> but there, but the, but the, there's a old joke that i think is something like that so it was like yeah. kind of a cheap joke anyway that yeah. he's clearly just putting in to be like, yeah, I'm not people just pandering. Yeah. yeah. Well, and then so he he also doubled down. I don't know if you saw this. Helmets. Yeah. So he he made like a fake apology on Instagram. Like and afterwards. He, yeah, and After was like, it I'm so like for anybody, um, you know, who had a problem with the joke and the special, you know, uh, I didn't mean to upset you. 
here here's a link uh you know where you can get help <laughs> if you need you know whatever something like that and if you click the link it was took you to amazon um f- f- to a link for soft helmets for mentally challenged people. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez. So he he really That's really <laughs> he really doubled down, and it's like actually that was a better joke than the initial joke yeah. that he had. Yeah, but and he did uh, get publicity for it even he, he more than he like he would want. Yeah. All right, Marcus, are you done with your thing? I mean, I've seen yeah, a lot yeah, of his yeah. clips. He is actually funny, but I guess his specials suck. I'm done. I'm ready. He's just... He, the, the thing that made him popular is the crowd work, and that's what he's best at. Yeah. You know? He's good at that, and the the, the other stuff is just, you know... He's not Louis C.K. He's not good. No. You know, he's all right or, funny. He's not... He's more of a guy that needs to cater to more of a diverse, like crowd kind of like a kind of like kevin hart does now where he's like not super funny but like the jokes are funny for more people like he needs to be, yeah like yeah. that's what he needs to do um, um marcus what, what were you researching over there so yesterday <laughs> we recorded a show yesterday so it'll probably be last week's episode for all the listeners but one of the things you want to talk about was this right. we're going to go into our political commentary hour Uh-oh. And one of the things that you were talking about is this brewing fight between the federal government and the state governments of the Texas border, where they're having pretty bad, like, pretty bad migration problems into the United States. So it's an immigration fight between federal government and the state government. Mm-hmm. So of course, I asked my in-house lawyer to fill me <laughs> in on this whole thing. She explained it to me last night and then sent me an article to read as preparation. Okay. So does she think there's going to be a civil war? No. Okay. Well, that's good. No, the the thing that wait, what's the overall? The, I mean, you just said it, but the story is that in the Texas border, the, the like isn't this, it's not new though. This is like well, well no, they, they were ordered. Really they they were, the Texas National Guard was ordered to take down like their barriers preventing oh, people from coming you. in, and instead they fortified them more <laughs> to just like basically flip off the Biden administration, <laughs> and then it's created basically a split in the country and 23 states have voiced support for texas and the other states so it's almost half the country is supporting texas and the other half is like you know supporting the biden administration but but what's the biden administration want they want people to come in this is this is a this is a federal versus state immigration policy issue so the texas is basically saying we're going to control the border using razor wire but what they're effectively doing is blocking the department of homeland security and ice and the border patrol agents from being able to access and control gotcha. which is basically their their the, the job of the federal government is to control and manage our immigration policy. A lot of people aren't happy about it, but at the same time, this went all the way up to the Supreme Court and they actually voted in favor of granting the federal government temporary access to remove all that razor wire. It's it's inhibiting their ability to retrieve bodies out of the river and like access issues. So like I think this is turning into a more of a debate like is the federal government doing a good job at controlling border policy, which is their responsibility? This is something that the Supreme Court agrees with. Right. And the thing that Catherine told me last night, which really it actually makes a lot of sense, is that our, the job of the federal government is to manage relationships and trade policy and international affairs between us and other countries. But if, they, if other countries start to see that there's a huge gap between state policy 
and in federal policy, then it creates a huge immigration residency problems. Like, let's say you're a foreign national, you have a, a visa to be in the U.S., and all of a sudden states are starting to say, well, we're just not going to recognize the federal government's authority to manage immigration policy. And now what if every state starts to manage their own immigration policy? Well, it kind of hurts our ability to have relationships with other countries and manage right. visas and immigrants coming in legally. Now, the bigger question is, can the federal government manage the border crisis effectively where there is a shitload of people coming in illegally, right. seeking asylum? Every administration tries to deal with it. And some of them create more problems and, than solutions. Mm -hmm. I think that's the crux of this. Whole like thing. I see, well, I see Texas's point of view because they're like we're the ones at the border, and right. you guys are not fucking helping. Like yeah. I can see that you're making all but, these decisions from somewhere that's not experiencing the issue. Yeah, and we're all here like, hey, my like neighborhood isn't safe anymore because people are flying from all over the world to Mexico to walk across that border. Yeah. Like, it's not just Mexican people that are coming across, right? It's, like, everyone. It's, like, and, and it hugely, I think, what a lot of people have an issue with is that it's fighting-age males from Middle Eastern countries that are coming over in huge numbers across that border. So because oh, there's also huge, uh, I don't know, what's the word, immigration outflow from the Middle East because of all the civil wars that are happening in places like Afghanistan... Right. Libya, Syria, like there's been huge problems of it, and like I get it. I mean, imagine if we were in their shoes. I'm not saying it's right for them to come into our country, but just to give a little perspective and not blindly hate these people. Like, if I was in their shoes and I was living in the middle of Mexico, I'd want to come here. Of course, like it's not, it's not <laughs> the fault of the people yeah. doing it. It's like you, there's something to be exploited, and sure. they're taking advantage of that. And like, like you just said. I was talking to Caesar about this yesterday. It's like if I was in a situation and I thought I'd be better off in the States and I had an opportunity to do it because of this, I would absolutely do it. But at the same time, those border cities are oh, yeah. experiencing a real I mean, it's problem. It's a problem. There's no doubt it's a problem. And it's like you can't just like hate the immigrants for what no. they're doing because like they're doing what's in their best interest. And like I hear these stories from Catherine all the time. Like these people, South America, wherever they're coming from, family will get murdered like she had a client from ecuador who was famous and like her husband got gunned down by guys on a motorbike just because jesus of something he was doing like happens there all the time these people have to flee and like abandon their whole lives somewhere else like it sucks for them but as an american especially somebody you know i want your perspective on this too somebody living in texas but they're facing a pretty unique problem there which i don't know if a lot of other maybe places like Syria, uh, Turkey, like the Syrian-Turkish border, they might have something real similar going on there with huge, like, uh, what is the word? Uh, when, like, a huge group of people is forced to leave from their country to another country. Uh, Fuck. Departure. Migra yeah. Not migration. It's Caravan. Like, exodus. Yeah, yeah like, I guess, like, really? a, like an mass exodus. exodus. Yeah, mass ex exodus of people, like... And that just happens to be mostly in Texas because it seems like that's the most accessible border for people. Yeah. And the, the thing that kind of the biggest development recently was that Oklahoma now has sent their National Guard to Texas in defiance of the Biden administration to support the Texas National Guard in 
it's just like quote unquote securing the border yeah i mean i being from houston and i also do some work uh real estate wise down you know i sent y'all snapchat the other day i'm like here's the house that i'm at there's the border you know you can see it it's it's right there and and uh you know if i took a wrong turn i'd end up at the the checkpoint or whatever or going down there and getting back you do a, a checkpoint but uh anyway i mean i think it's just deciding as a country the things that we are going to provide to our citizens for free and also how many people citizens maybe not even citizens people that are here and how many people we're going to let in right are we going to give free health care to everyone are we going to give free health care to illegal immigrants are we going to give free health care to just people here and how are we because obviously as a country our spending is not under control <laughs> and so the idea that there's this massive influx of people that we are then going to have to spend money on to support whether or not it's even healthcare, but the public school system and, and all this other infrastructure that goes along with having you know a million people come over here it's i think it's like in the last six months there have been more people flowing over the border than in the last like three years combined um you can check me on that but it's a lot yeah and so it's it's just a matter of uh i don't know what we as a country can can afford and you know i think it's a big thing of like well we need to get our own house in order before we start whether it's sending money to other countries directly to help them with what they have going on or taking their people on, which is kind of a similar thing, just helping out the world when it's like, well, we've got a lot of problems at home that, that in my mind should be first priority instead of, you know, taking care of a bunch of people from other countries. Yeah, I agree. And also as somebody who came to this country legally and had to go through the whole process, it's a process and it's expensive it's uh annoying it takes a long time it's like you know should i have just flown to mexico and walked in like yeah like my uh my freshman roommate from college francisco from he's from ecuador when i just saw him what are we in right now uh january Mm -hmm. you know miami you never know it's always the same (laughs) i just saw him in october maybe or november he just got his citizenship and we graduated or he came here 20 years ago (laughs) dude's always been like always had a great job like all of that like producing member of society and i'm like why does it take that long for you to get citizenship (laughs) when you're doing it like the right way and then like people just like hopping across the border as somebody who I mean, now I have a good understanding of the whole process. It's incredibly complicated. The people that are actually managing the immigration process on the federal level are mostly, like, they give the power for all of these decisions to basically one person. Their qualifications are limited to zero to make any determination whether or not they actually fit the category, fit all of the requirements of that visa. So, like, let's say you come here. It's like what my wife does is mostly, like, investor work, like uh, special talent visas, um, uh, natural interest waiver visas, which are like you have to be like basically top of your field or extraordinarily gifted or an extraordinary asset to society. 
and the, the amount of she'll put together thousand page packets these applications for these people basically like showing all their accomplishments and it basically like she's highly educated the, the person that's applying is highly educated the application's extremely thorough and then at the end of the day people wonder why it takes so long you can expedite those visa processes it takes like an extra couple thousand bucks to do it but once you do that it's basically in the hands of some moron <laughs> at works at DHS or ICE I don't know the exact agency, but it basically just ends up in some moron's hand, and it's up to them. It's that agent doesn't like you, they see something that they don't like in your background, they'll kick you to the back of the line. That doesn't even count when you get into the asylum cases. And The problem is, and from the attorney's point of view, the people that actually do this stuff every day, our immigration policy that keeps getting changed and amended and it's completely not straightforward. It, like, it should be as easy as, you know, a couple weeks, if you meet certain criteria, you know, there's, there's all sorts of different programs. If you fit into that... I mean, that, the ones that get me are when someone's here for like 20 years, and it's like, all right, this person went to school, got a great job, it's like... Been paying taxes. Yeah, it's like... This they is make a federal those... government problem, and no administration, Republican, Democrat... They have, nobody has the balls to go in, gut it, change it, simplify it. Same with like the tax code. We just mm -hmm. have this, this archaic system run by idiots. It's like a bunch of monkeys with typewriters sitting in a room. <laughs> and they'll just, like, you'll send your visa application to probably sitting at some processing queue for <laughs> 10 years. And it's just, it's up to them. And, and, and it's a completely antiquated process but nobody's fixed it like the federal government through republican or democrat administration still hasn't figured it out and they and they just they can't do it they either they're too stupid as as the government or unwilling to make a change that's going to be beneficial for people Dude, i remember like when i had to go through my process and i had my uh interview for the visa so you know i had a, an attorney do the whole thing I had to show you know I have an investor's visa so I had to show my business plan how many people I employ like mm -hmm. like I had a book like this big like a binder that I brought in like ready to answer any question oh, it has you know I spoke to a guy at a counter took three minutes <laughs> he he's like how much money did your business make this year I'm like uh do you want to like pull up the exact number he's like nah roughly I tell him he's like all right uh Go over to that counter there. Uh, they're gonna take your passport, and uh, you can pay an extra fifty bucks if you want it to uh, show up at your house quicker. We can do it in two days. <laughs> like what? Like this was it? Oh yeah. I was like, I'm so prepared. I was like studying. And you spent like, ten grand on your attorney and exam. five grand yeah. on the yeah. It was just. Oh, yeah. It was basically like he looked at me and he's like, I don't think you're a terrorist. <laughs> you're in. It's like it's like you go to a TSA. You spend all this time and stress, and people like are under unbelievable pressure to get this stuff done, especially people that are in bad situations. You have to put mm -hmm. together this massive thing. Cost a ton of money, as you know. Mm -hmm. And then you get to the thing, and it's like basically like a TSA agent that you're dealing with. Same level of intelligence and education. And it's like, it's, it's fucking crazy. People's whole lives hang in the balance of these morons. Yeah, it is. And with the, with the visa that I got too, there, so there's like <clears throat> a line that's like out the door for like I don't know what other, like all, all the other types of visas and then if you're doing like a business investors visa you just like 
have your own line. So there's like no one there. Concierge. So yeah, it's just legit walked in. And there's people people getting denied and like crying and stuff in these other lines. Like it's oh, ter yeah. it's terrible. And then you just walk in and you're just like, do you want to see anything? No. All right, have fun in America. Yeah. That's a good That's a good one you got. That is a good one. And I actually got lucky. You remember how I lost my visa? Mm -hmm. Like I lost my passport physically that had the visa in it no. so i had to get a new passport and a new visa the new passport thing is really easy anyone who's like if anyone's trying to get a passport real quick there's actually a great loophole that uh if you book a flight <clears throat> that's within 48 hours oh yeah the time that you show up there they will just rush you the passport you can get an emergency visit to a passport agency and get yeah. it the same day we have well, one here you know, I, I, I showed it's up, awesome. and the, th the thing that's challenging is getting the appointment, because they're mm -hmm. so backed up. Yeah. So they're like, just show up first thing in the morning. I show up at first in the, in the morning, there's like 200 people in line. I literally went to the front of the line, and I'm like, dude, I'll give you like 100 bucks if you just <laughs> let me, uh, like, yeah. pretend that, like, I'm your friend, and I'm, you know, you're holding the spot for me. And the guy's like, uh, no, I don't want 100 bucks, but I had my uh, Daytona on. He's like, but do you have like a uh, like a, a Rolex guy? What? <laughs> I was like, I actually do. <laughs> I do. His name's Israel, <laughs> and he works in the design district. Uh, so he's oh like, God. yeah, just like if you give me his uh, contact info, you know, hop right in. That's so, so I'm Miami. Like, I legit. No, this oh was this God. was in Toronto. This was in Toronto. That's when I was stuck over no there. Way. Yeah. So I was like, <laughs> oh so I was like, in line at eight in the morning. I'm like. Hi, Israel. <laughs> I put you in a chat with this random guy. He would like a watch. <laughs> and whatever. So they did that. I jumped in. I got my my uh, passport, like, uh, same day, actually. Oh, yeah. So I, they were like, just wow. come back, uh, whatever, at, by, like, before five, and you can get it. So I went in, got it. And then when I got my, I had to basically get issued a new visa. Uh, and it, they issued it for the entire term starting over again. So it was kind that of, I nice. used up like three years of that visa already, which the base term of it is five. And oh, I just got sweet. a brand new five years on it. Wow. All because I lost my passport. That makes sense. So, right? <laughs> yeah. So I got, it's, it's too hard to yeah. do the numbers. Just take another five. <laughs> numbers are difficult <laughs> yeah. for guys yeah. like that. It's a good one. And it, you get two automatic uh, renewals that are two years each. So the real term is like nine years, which is good. Well, I mean, they make it—they make it at least possible for people that have a lot of money. But that's the barrier, right? Well, I think the the problem that people are having a hard time understanding in general, especially people on the left, is like most countries have a strict immigration policy that you can't just show up and become a burden on society there because we have our own citizens to take care of. We got—we need new airports, better paying jobs for teachers better schools and like we got a whole list of problems and then like i don't think our country's in the same place that it was 200 years ago or 100 years ago we could just welcome anybody mm -hmm. and then they got jobs here like that's just not the world we're living in anymore yeah don't give us your you're sick you're tired you're beaten down you're give <laughs> us give us your doctors give us your you know the best of the, give us your athletes and uh <laughs> everyone else you know keep Watch your six in, <laughs> in Mexico. <laughs> no. Nate Hill for president. 
Watch yeah, your, gonna win watch your six. Everybody, be careful. <laughs> be careful in your home countries. A lot of crazy people down there. <laughs> Do you guys think... See, I have a theory. I think DeSantis had a better chance of winning overall than Trump. I just can't. See, when you say that, I think of those memes where they have him up on stage and they got that inner monologue playing <laughs> right in the top. He's just standing there behind the debate stage. He's like, don't worry, Ron. They like you. You're a normal human. You have your big boy shoes on today. Nobody can tell that you're wearing high heels. <laughs> <laughs> My thing with, all right, so, and I hate Let's go. US. I Let's hate the American political Come system. On. I, know. I hate the two-party system. Well, we all but do. my thing is like, because if you're if you're running to win the Republican Party, you have to be like as Republican as possible, right? Right. Mm. But then you go overall versus like the Democrat that won, and it's like this weird like. If you're a Democrat, you don't want the person who's the most Republican. If you're a Republican, you don't want the person that's like the most Democrat. I feel like there's a much higher chance of a Democrat voting for DeSantis than Trump. That's fair. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, because I don't think like the, the Republican Party tends to push itself farther right than the Democratic Party does toward the far left. Because you the think far that's left, true? Yeah. Well, look at Biden. I mean, he's a, he's a center of the aisle, yeah, like, old school <clears throat> Democrat. Like he was he oh, was the more moderate yeah. of the options. I think the Democratic Party continues to elect more moderate options. Obama. Biden, you know, Clinton back in the 90s. And, like, even the Republicans, like, Trump might be the more extreme version, but not necessarily because of the way he his politics are. Because politics aren't that crazy to the right. It's just him as a person is... Uh, kind of appeals to. Right. His base is probably further right than he ever will be. Yeah. He's just... Because, right. like, for life, forever, he was a Democrat. Mm. You know, he was a he was like a lifelong Democrat until he decided to run for president, I think. But the the political system's nuts. I mean, we're we're, we're to me like I don't. This is crazy that we have to vote between a seventy six year old or seventy seven year old yeah. and an eighty one year old. Do like either of these guys? Yeah. What? How is it possible that these are the only guys that we could get up there? It's like DeSantis was probably more electable as a politician, but he exposed himself as having no personality. Mm-hmm. And not really being like eloquent, because like when you hear Trump speak, he can talk through anything. He can, he can just no matter what happens. Like he's got like five lawsuits going on right now, and yeah. he just brushes he's up it off. there doing the dance to the YMCA, just talking, <laughs> doing his stand up bits, making fun of Joe Biden. Bing, I think he bing, just bing, lost the case. <laughs> he just lost the case. He right? lost the defa- like He just got an eighty-three million dollar judgment against him for defamation. Damn, dude. Uh, Write a check and that? soldier on. Uh. <laughs> Got convicted of rape against some woman years ago and then <laughs> lost that trial and then what she sued him for defamation. And then he also <laughs> lost the defamation suit. Oh, a little letter. Because uh, he was from me. talking about her in public. <laughs> Not, that's, this is a whole separate thing from the Stormy Daniels thing? Yeah, totally separate. Wow. Like... Again, I think that the guy who wants the presidency should be the guy who does not... Like, the guy who gets elected should not be the guy who wants that job. Yeah. It should be a reluctant candidate. Stormy Just Daniels is a horse face. <laughs> <laughs> He'd be a better comedian than leader. I mean... He's hilarious. He's, He's hilarious. hilarious. <laughs> I did used to love... What was his show? Um, the Apprentice. The, I fucking loved The Apprentice. It's, yeah, but he was a TV guy. Like, that's right. funny. Yeah, I mean that's but that's why he does so well. Was like <clears throat> he wins the popularity contest because he's just 
gets up there and cracks jokes and tells oh it's hilarious like but like like dogs or like, <laughs> his wife's a dog <laughs> Ted you have a dog wife Ted and then Ted Cruz gets up and he's like I support Donald Trump <laughs> what did he say to they're like you said some bad things about Rosie O'Donnell and he was like she's not my type she's not Honestly, neither are you. <laughs> He's the funniest president of all time. There's oh, no man. doubt about it. Do I want that guy to be the president? I probably don't want the comedian as the fucking president. I, you know, I'll I do just for the stand-up comedy that's going to come oh, back as a result of oh. him being there. Can you pull like, up that Greenland tweet? You know the one I'm talking about? This is the funniest thing ever. This is the funniest foreign policy <laughs> remark of all time. I, I promise not to do this to Greenland. I promise not to do this to Greenland. <laughs> like, every, everything about his, his, his public persona is so yeah. funny. But very polarizing, obviously. Yeah. What do you think about Vivek? <sighs> he wasn't that appealing to me. <laughs> it's, just, it's just the middle of nowhere Greenland <laughs> like he had a guy make this and tweet this out for him while he was president this oh, is the funniest man. shit of all time oh, he, he's like Elon he's got a meme guy for oh sure. for sure for I sure think, he's got a meme guy I think uh, I heard recently Vivek and Trump are meeting to discuss possible which vice is, presidency which is interesting cause uh, Vivek was saying that uh he wouldn't run he wouldn't be a vice president okay like he had openly said that for a long time he's like I, I will either be president or nothing and I just saw him on Schultz uh, yeah, on the flagrant and he was like we're having a meeting we're gonna chat yeah <laughs> I just don't think the presidency is really that important here I mean really the problem our big problem is Congress like mm -hmm. so hard to, to figure out one out because like they won't limit their own powers and so now we have this problem where like they're the ones passing those budgets, and they're the ones making all these ridiculous insider trades, and nobody's around to stop them. All yeah. of them. I mean, left or right. Like, I think this whole left versus right thing, it's so much based on these dumb social issues that 99% of people don't care about, really. But it fires people yeah. up on TV and then kind of, like, makes their base passionate. The reality is, like, if you, you're talking about economic problems. We have a Congress that's out of control. They're spending, they're putting our country into debt $2 billion a day at this point. Mm -hmm. a day like two billion dollars in printed money a day people were wondering why their groceries cost more money you don't think nancy pelosi's husband is just reading the charts <laughs> like crazy like Bro. trading just a genius he, they're the best best stock it's, traders of all time and it it's just out in the open it's not like this yeah. is even hidden you just see their reports every week and they're making these like 10 million dollar call options or put options and that, that's week. the craziest thing is that they're being called out for it constantly but still continuing you're right in front like, of faces. Oh, like, yeah. They're like, Every that's week. not true. <laughs> Giant call option. Next yeah, it's day. like, yeah. Why did you just buy $10 million worth of <laughs> NVIDIA stuff? Yeah. What, do you, what do you know? Yeah. And it's just, they can't, nobody's doing anything. And nobody's it. even talking. Everybody's so obsessed with Trump Biden. Like, who fucking cares? You know what? Our lives aren't going to change. The husband got a DWI, and then they just, like, dismissed it. I was like, it's fine. Like, in front of everyone. It's fine. <laughs> and, like... Nobody's doing anything about Congress because Congress is the only one that can do anything. And yeah. Their careers are on the line, and they're 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 all gazillionaires, yeah, except yeah. for like Bernie Sanders. Bernie's doing all right though. Bernie's got a couple of houses. <laughs> yeah, none of them are 
suffering. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, it's like the one crotchety old Jewish man who's screaming. Oh, that, your people. Yeah. Mm, I see. I see what this is. Were you Jewish? Yeah. Yeah, why do you guys like Miami Beach, like, so much? <laughs> Whoa. Easy. One of my boys is Jewish. Easy. He fucking loves Miami Beach. Um, <laughs> Marsh's ba- family is You are well represented down there. Yeah. He's, yeah. I don't know. Ex- uh, I mean, it's a good question. I don't know exactly why. <laughs> but, like, my that's where my great-grandparents settled. So there was a lot of places back in the day. Like, if you move to Miami, there was a lot of places that didn't welcome black people and they didn't welcome Jews. And it would just say it straight out front. Like, oh, <laughs> like it would just say, there was neighborhoods, no blacks, no Jews. Like, straight up across yeah. the board. So there were certain areas that they settled. And I think a lot of them were on Miami Beach. Because, like, Miami Beach back in the 40s. Like, like, it used Christmas, to be awesome, but I feel like now it's like... this. The pockets were, like, my people live... You know, they're pretty residential. They're pretty, like, kept to themselves. Yeah. Uh, but I think that a lot of the beach back in the day was, like, army barracks and, like, not... Was it? Yeah. Like, in the 40s, there was, like, army stuff going on down there and, like... Sometimes when... I look at houses and, like, it'll be listed at $6 million And I'm like, oh, what was it uh, purchased for in the 90s? It's, like, 200000 Yeah. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? Wow. Yeah, dude. Like, <laughs> you're not buying a house that's nice on Miami Beach for... Anything you know, reasonable without a couple of commas in it. I walk through the Venetian Islands a lot, and it's like, oh, dude, 10, 20. Yeah, uh, but back in the day, like you know, Miami Beach wasn't what it is now. Back twenty years ago, thirty years ago, like back twenty, thirty years ago, especially during the cocaine cowboy era, like yeah. it was kind of just a bunch of old people and a bunch of old Jews yeah. retired down there. Yeah, what's weird about down there is there are some, like, seedy areas, too, though. Even though it's wildly yeah. expensive, like, there's some, like, dangerous parts of town down there on the beach. It's gotten a lot better now. Yeah. yeah. There's a lot more development. Like, they're kind of getting rid of most of the trashy stuff. Uh, but there was. I mean, it used to be way worse. Like, it used to be, like, kind of a... Like, when I think of my grandpa moved down there, like, in the 90s to the South Point, mm-hmm. like... It was just, like, container storage and, like, hookers. Like, crack being sold. Like, not good stuff. It right. turned into, like, a really... There was, like, a dog track down there back in the day. Like, you know really? Smith & Walensky Steakhouse? Yeah. yeah. It used to be a big dog track. Come on. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And, like, they turned that area around. I know. So, I mean, <clears throat> they've still let us down. We haven't mentioned this in a few episodes, but um, the bathhouse is... <laughs> Why? Still Why not, go there? It's still not back. And I know. Me and Marcus just, drove by it the other night. And uh, Sean was like, hey, that's, that's where it is. I know we love all those people, but I think we are going to have to admit to ourselves that they're just liars. They've been saying it'll be back soon. I know. For four years. They said that to me when I saw them in New York just now. Did you ever do it? Did you ever go to the bathhouse with us? No. Oh. I don't like I, I've scarred myself from like sweating and stuff too much to like make weight that I don't uh, do good with like steam and stuff. Yeah, you're in the sauna. You're I like get fun. flashbacks. Not That's my thing. Well, uh, what do we want to close with? I got a train. You got you're gonna lift now? Yeah. All right. Yeah, I might We're, join in. I'm gonna I'm, eat. I might well, change. I might do some cable yeah. stuff. Right. Hell yeah! <laughs> Try some wash that power lifter club. Good, good, good pump. Yep. Do you still squat and bench and deadlift at all? Every now and then I'll bench. All right, just for, just for shits and giggles, Mister <laughs> Mister Kevin Oak. We have to acknowledge in the powerlifting 
world, first team, first team all American, all body, <laughs> Kevin Oak. What what tips do you have for us to to walk out eight hundred pounds with our abs bulging out of our stomach <laughs> and uh, you know and all these things? Just go really slow. I was never known for a, a good walkout. <laughs> oh, I remember. That's why it looks so impressive. <laughs> I mean, just go really slow. It's not a rush. <laughs> mm. Deep breath. Just hope you come back up. <laughs> <laughs> I actually do appreciate I like the, the simple approach that you took. Like like we were saying before, people get caught up in the minutia of all these little things. And it's like, really just do the thing a lot for a long time. Right, and if you have the genetics for it, you're gonna make progress, and you'll see where that takes you. Right? Was that more or less your approach? Yeah, I mean, for your top top powerlifters, they're like, they have the genetics where they're kind of gonna keep getting stronger. Over time, you naturally understand like how well you recover from things. Like I used to, like I used to know how well I recovered from things. So I knew like a heavy squat would take five days, but like a heavy deadlift would take 10 days so i wouldn't deadlift as often i wouldn't go as heavy in training leading up like there's those little things but that's about as calculated as you have to get people these days are like way more you know they're using like pivot tables in excel and it's oh my like God. what not you know what i mean like well, it's just not that it's like necessary do the thing then you're gonna be sore and then when you're not sore you can do it again Pretty much. Oh, I, I like <laughs> that. You should put that on a t-shirt. Deep breath. Hope you come back up. <laughs> slow, slow, slow. <laughs> pretty that, much. That's hold pretty on. much what I thought every time. I'm like, all right, hold well, I know tight. I can get down with this weight, but... Uh, yeah, just hold on tight. <laughs> <laughs> you heard it first, folks. Yeah. Sage powerlifting advice from the all-time world record holder. <laughs> yeah. All right. Thanks for being on, man. Appreciate yeah, it. Appreciate Thanks, everybody, Kevin. for Anytime. listening, and we'll catch you in the next episode.